Welcome to Growth Interviews. Real experts around the globe giving away their best so that you can become smarter. Hello everyone and welcome to a new episode of Growth Interviews. It's a pleasure to introduce you to Khalid Saleh that uh, usually he were he started in the e-commerce and then back in 2006 you remember that year it was a long time ago way back before Google uh, AdWords actually started uh, he started a conversion rate optimization company. So Khalid Thank you for uh, being part of Growth Interviews. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. Excited uh, excited to be here as well. So we're going to be starting with uh, your uh, experience. And so how, how was the time back in 2006 <laughs> and what got you started into this conversion rate optimization space? Oh, man. So prior to starting in the conversion optimization space in a different life, uh, I used to be a software architect. Um, and on enterprise uh, software architects. So basically, I was a software architect for not what's known nowadays as, as IB, the IBM uh, e-commerce platform. Um, back then, it was called Sterling Commerce before they got acquired. And I have seen consistently the clients that I was working on with different projects uh, come in and spend $5, $10 million. And, and you know they're investing heavily. Um, and then they roll out those projects and then nothing happens. No conversions, no sales. <laughs> the last projects I worked on, uh, which now I can like, you know, like, you know, freely speak about, was for Motorola, Motorola.com. Uh, I was the software architect, one of three. Um, we had a team of about 120 developers. And in three months, we built a full platform for Motorola. Uh, price tag was about $35 million for the labor, $15 million for the software, $50 million. And I was excited. I mean, like, you know, for me as a software architect, I'm like, oh, this is perfect. I get to like, you know, literally do like, you know, as a software architect, you choose what portions you're going to work on, what portions you give to the engineers. And we roll it out. The amount of traffic they got was crazy. Uh, we had 16 servers, you know, to host the site. And within the first hour, the site goes down. This tells you just about the amount of traffic that they've gotten. Great. Bring the servers back up, figure out why it's not working. A month later, we only had 10 orders. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, you know, I, I just saw the light at that point in time. Um, and that's when I said, you know what? Conversion optimization is the way to go. I, I, even at that point, by the way, we didn't even call it conversion optimization. Uh, we help companies increase conversions. You know, uh, I think the Eisenbergs, um, who had Future Now at that point, one of two other companies that were doing conversion optimization called it conversion optimization. And it's an interesting challenge because I remember talking to different CMOs and VPs of marketing at that point in time. And you tell them, well, we, we you know, we, we, we help with conversion optimization. And the first response, like in almost 90% of the cases, they look at you, puzzled look, and they say, you mean search engine optimization? <laughs> like, no, it's something else. We help you with conversion. But no one really understood what conversion optimization mean. Um, and I think they were less interested in it initially because it was all about driving traffic. How can we rank better? Uh, AdWords, how can we figure AdWords? Later, you know, the focus turned into conversion optimization. Uh, has it? Because uh, some of us are still waiting for, <laughs> for the focus to really be on the conversion rate optimization. Um, it, it is. It is um, I think nowadays you talk to C-level 
they understand what conversion optimization is. But <laughs> understanding what it means and really giving it the attention that it needs is a whole two, two separate things, correct? Um, yeah. Think about this this way. When you focus on SEO or you focus on PPC, uh, what you're doing is is very, very simple. Uh, people, oh, my, my SEO friends get really annoyed when I say that. But really, most SEOs, what they're trying to do is they look at the Google algorithm. It's like, okay, here's the algorithm. And uh, I, I call it reverse QA because what they're doing is they're trying different things. And then based on those things that they're testing, they try and see, okay, what are the holes in Google algorithm that we can use? Not necessarily the holes or how the algorithm works so we can rank. But ultimately, to some, some extent, you're dealing with something programmatic. With conversion optimization, it's a lot harder. Um, and that's, I think, the challenge that many, many seed level uh, and, and business owners stay away from it. You're not dealing with a machine algorithm. You're dealing with a human algorithm that is very complicated and very complex. Um, you can hire an SEO company, and if they know what they're doing, they probably can at least increase your traffic 20, 30, 40% within a year. Um, if you hire a CRO company and they tell you, we'll increase your conversion rate by 30 or 40% within a year, I would say run away from them, even if they're good, even if they're at the top of their games. I mean, I'm talking about the top five, top 10 CRO firms. They will not make you that promise. Well, guess what? As a C-level executive, as a business owner, that doesn't make me feel comfortable if I'm looking at that from the from their like you know, C-level of mine. It's like, hold on. So you're asking me to invest like, you know, $200,000, $300,000 and you can't guarantee results while I can take that money and throw it into PPC, throw it into SEO, and at least know that I'm going to get like, you know, five, 10x return. So that's the challenge, different challenge. Awareness is there, but, you know, still there's different set of challenges we're dealing with. Uh, yeah, you're, you're perfectly right. You can't guarantee this, uh, but give us a glimpse over how you are handling these kind of objections for your own customers, because you are providing professional services and you are, uh, a tenured entrepreneur into this. So, uh, don't you, what, what kind of ammunition do you have when they are objecting? Okay. So what can we get in terms of ROI from, uh, from the contract you or in your office? I, I tell you what, and it's funny you ask this because we have a big call today in the afternoon and we have another big call tomorrow, uh, you know, and, and we're talking now to like, you know, kind of like, you know, very complicated companies. Um, you're talking about marketing budgets. One of them is at $90 million and an online $90 million. And the other one is yeah. spending about $40 million online. And that question is consistently brought up. And I always tell them, like, you know, I can, I can talk in terms of averages. I know what we've done in terms of averages. I know that we're able to improve conversion rates roughly between anywhere between 40 to 60% within a year. Uh, that's kind of the average, but we've also had clients that did as bad as 10%. And we've had clients that did not see any results. That, that's literally my answers. I'm like, you know, I've had clients like, you know, we've worked with for a year and we did not generate results. And I've had clients who we've worked with like, you know, for a year and got 10, 15%. I've had clients that did 70, 80%. And what I will do is I will have you speak to all three clients. The bad, <laughs> you know, the, 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 the good, the, the bad, bad, the good, the, the ugly, ugly, ugly. I tell them, listen, here's what I can do. I can have you speak to all those uh, clients. You know, I want you to talk to them. I, I find that speaking to my clients, even the ones who were, were annoyed by the fact that we did not generate results is, is extremely helpful because those clients will tell you that we've done, we've done the work, we've done the analysis, but we could not figure out like, you know, we've had some wins, we've had some losses, but like, you know, like, you know, the, the results remain, remain the same. Um, so that, that's how we come back to it. And I always tell them, like, you know, if, if a company guarantees CRO, it doesn't matter whether you want to hire us or not. 
run away from them. Run as fast as, as you can. Now, mind you, uh, and this is sort of interesting in the back of my head, I have seen some clients where they come in and they have the, the resources are unlimited. They are able to throw in, you know, they'll tell you, hey, we'll spend like, you know, 50, $100,000 with you guys. Can you, can you guarantee results? I think at that point in time, I can generate between me and myself, although I've refused to guarantee results, but I've always started with the idea. I'm like, listen, I know my team and I know the performance that they do. I think I can throw enough resources to generate a 5 and 10 and 20% increase. Uh, my challenge is with the smaller clients who are saying, okay, well, we only need like one resource here and like, you know, we need like, you know, like, you know, a certain number of hours. And can you guarantee results now? You know, th- th- that makes it difficult. Yeah, that, uh, that makes sense. So I think you're the one that, uh, let's say, is to blame because the uh, folks like, uh, I don't know, I don't want to throw names here, <laughs> but uh, the ones which are guaranteeing uh, 200% conversion uh, uplift uh, uh, are, uh, are not making a living anymore, right? Yeah, I mean, l- listen, like, you know, when you are guaranteeing an uplift in conversions, you're playing the short game. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah. mind you, like, you know, we, we've tried everything. I mean, you do conversion mm-hmm. optimization for like, you know, uh, 14 years, you, you try different things. Um, you cannot achieve 200%. Uh, it's funny. I was reading an article just was published called, you know, what was it like you know, a week ago? And somebody says, oh, I can, I can double or triple conversion rates, uh, like, you know, within a year. And I looked at it and I'm like, really? So you can increase conversion rates by 200% to 300%, you know, within, within a year. I'm like, if you can do that, the line of people waiting for you to hire you should be from here until I don't know what, like, no. Alaska. <laughs> exactly. Um, the reality of it, you cannot achieve that. Um, you yeah. know, we, we've ran now in, in our agency life, I think we're close to 13,000 A-B tests, 13,000, which is quite a bit. I think it's probably like, you know, yeah. un- unless you're a software company, you probably have a lot more. But as a, as a professional services company, I think it's one of the largest number of A-B Yeah, it tests. is. Um, and we we know and we monitor by the way like you know what elements we've changed what kind of uplift what are the hypotheses all the stuff that you can like you know we, we put it in our data bank uh, and we know what kind of uplifts we can we can provide i think companies if they're really good at what they do what they do they can generate anywhere and also depends on the site correct uh, you can generate yeah, the 20, 20 to the 50% depends on the site and the site traffic and how fast you can run tests and the quality of the tests when somebody says, oh, I can guarantee 200%, guess what? You're not going to achieve that 200% unless you're dealing with a crappy site that was built in 1995. From the very <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. Nowadays, it's like, it's horrible. Well, we don't see those sites anymore. Um, yeah. So, like, you know, you, what you end up with is you're not going to end up achieving those results and your clients are going to be pissed and they're going to fire you. And, like, you know, I mean, th- this is a challenge. And the whole industry everything. will be affected because of that. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So, uh, Khalid, I have one question. How do you monitor the performance of, of your own uh, uh, employees? So how oh. do you say, which are, let's say, the, the, the KPIs regarding, okay, you guys are doing a, a tremendous job and I'm happy and I can go fly to, I don't know, Hawaii and uh, <laughs> be happy because you're oh, here. Man. So it's, it's funny you, you mentioned that. I tell you what, uh, people in, in the industry struggle with, like, you know, the performance of their projects and all that. I think the biggest challenge I have running my business is in my employees, my staff. That's kind of my core, my core asset. Um, yeah. And this is something I tell you. I always mention this story. I remember we, so we have our headquarters is in the U.S. in Farmington Hills. Well, now it's in Chicago. 
And we've decided to like you know open an office in Europe. So we we open an office in Istanbul. And I hire and, and mind you, I was running the business at that point in time for oh, almost ten years uh, or nine years. And I went ahead and I hired nine people. And within nine months, I've lost all nine people. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I fired some of them, and the others like you know fired us. I said, no, oh, we don't want to work for this company. It's, it's too much. Um, we really like you know look at like you know several, several metrics uh, when it comes to uh, to our people. Uh, first, we look at the performance of the of the projects that they're doing. Uh, like you know how how are they doing in terms of the success metrics uh, for the different uh, different projects. Uh, we look at their growth and learning. Um, our team is constantly required to be learning new skills, getting get certified, uh, present something new. Uh, we're we're constantly challenging them, and I think that just comes as a result of working in in the CRO field because you always have to be learning. You, it's not only about CRO. You got to be really good in SEO. You got to be really good in PPC. You got to be good in like you know read a little bit about uh, AI. So there's constantly learning. Um, we also uh, evaluate how our clients are feeling working with them. Uh, are they happy? Are we like, you know, able to respond to our clients really quickly? Uh, and ultimately, there's the assessment. Are they gelling, correct, with, with the team? So I always say, do they have the will? Uh, are they willing to do the job? Do they have the skill? Do they have the skills you know, to, to really mm-hmm. be able to perform? And do they fit with the team? Um, because you can hire somebody who has the will and the skill, but you know, they're really horrible to work with. So, yeah. you know, uh, I would say, and people, people like, you know, especially clients always find it very strange. I always tell them, like, we don't hire assholes and we don't work with assholes. Uh, and clients always find themselves like, did you just tell me that? I'm like, yeah, I told you that. I'm like, life is really hard as is. <laughs> CRO is even harder. I want to make sure that the client that we work with will appreciate the value that we bring because we work really hard. And if the client doesn't appreciate it, then, you know, everybody's going to be just very, feel very stressed out and it's just not worth it. Khalid, where is the market right now? Where is the conversion rate optimization industry? Is it uh, ahead of the curve or is it behind of the curve? Do you think are the late majority coming in or we are not there yet? So the market still has to grow. Uh, the, the market will continue to grow. Um, I think there are some areas that companies will have to figure out. Um, uh, I think you're, you're starting to see more and more uh, growth teams getting getting created. I think CRO is being adopted in general. Um, um, I, I think you've already finished the early adopters, you know, and now you're kind of in the middle. Um, mm-hmm. the, the, the challenge is, I think there's still probably, I would say like, you know, five to 10 years until we figure out how we actually do CRO correctly. So if you think about this, most teams that are doing CRO, are following the same process. Whether it's consultants, by the way, or teams, everybody's following the same process at the end. Um, and that process is okay. You know, I think it has sometimes lots of fluff in it that are that is not useful. Uh, people, there, there hasn't been advancements in, in the process for the last five or six years. I think it's going to change slowly. Um, th- there are some people who are going to drop out. Uh, it became a fad, correct? Now, every uh, every... PPC and, and SEO agency are trying to offer CRO. That tells you that there's major adoption because everybody's yeah. asking about like a conversion. But uh, after they adopt it and after a year or two, then they end up dropping it and <laughs> saying, oh, this is a lot harder than SEO or PPC. So I've seen this, like, you know, where they hire CROs, they try and do the CRO practice, and many of them end up end up uh, failing. Um, yeah. It will be interesting to see how the industry will be over the next five, 10 years. 
in terms of software, I think it's also be interesting because the, the, the space is getting really crowded. Um, but how do you distinguish between the software uh, away from the pricing? Okay, put, put pricing aside and less feature to feature. And not only feature to feature, because yeah, okay, so there's some platforms that are going to come and say, oh, we have all these amazing features. Uh, I don't really care. Feature to feature in terms of features that actual CROs use, correct? You can add more features, more features, more features, but are we using them on projects? No, we're not. Okay, so great. Um, and you're charging, like, you know, you're, you're getting people stuck in an annual contract and you're charging them, like, you know, tens of thousands of dollars. You know, uh, how is that going to yeah. play? Google Optimize will be a game changer, just like how Google Website Optimizer at some point did, how Google Analytics impacted Omniture, Adobe now. Uh, it's, yeah, it's yeah, interesting. the whole analytics space. Exactly. So it's, it will be interesting. Um, I think AI is going to be interesting and see how that plays in the space. Um, so what's your take on, on, on AI in CRO and what's your take on AI in general, or how this is going to be affecting our life in the, in the future? I think it's interesting. So I come, I, I'm a computer science and computer science from, uh, from UT Austin, which is one of the top programs, uh, in, uh, in, in the US. <laughs> I feel 80% of programs that call, that they talk about AI are not AI. You know, uh, they like to think that they are AI, but I'm like, oh, it has nothing to do with, with AI. Um, here's the thing. We live in an age where marketers are so fascinated by software. Um, and, and this is kind of like, you know, the instant gratification. Let's do quickly. Let's try and like, you know, figure things out. Um, and let's try and optimize better. And really, I, I think marketers are forgetting the principles of marketing, correct? So there's a lot more reliance on software. Even if you think about CRO, there's a lot more focus on velocity and let's test more and faster. I think you will, you, as a marketer and as a CRO, you will do better like you know for yourself and for your clients let the software do its thing but go back just to the very principles of you know marketing and psychology and really knowing how to apply those in the context of like you know the the, the new environment that we live in find software that help you do that but don't find software that automate because anything that gets done really quickly and fast and can be mass produced ultimately doesn't produce the results that they want. It might work for a month or two, but then after that, you're just going to have to sit back and say, okay, let's figure out the patterns. Let's figure out the, the frequency and the recency and do our analysis there and, and figure out how we as marketers use our heads, not AI, to actually do better for, for our, our clients. You were, uh, you were speaking about frequency and recency. And uh, as you know, I'm a big fan of uh, customer retention. And I do think that Uh, 20 years in online marketing is enough for us all to focus on acquisition. And uh, as I was speaking with Sam Alicarjunan from HubSpot, we definitely need to understand that lifetime value optimization is the name of the growth in any, any field for any company, being it B2B or B2C. So why do you think customer retention is not a focus for companies yet. I mean, we are, we are all seeing marketing budget throwing like 40 million, 60 million. We are seeing, let's change the platform, let's change the technology, but we are not hearing stories like, let's align all the departments towards the ideal customer profile. Let's all of us as a company, all the departments understand the happiness factor of our customers. Let's set retention as a, 
as a major KPI because this is affected by a lot of departments and this affects a lot of departments. Why, why do you think this happens? Because I'm, I'm, it's not like yeah. I'm frustrated, but I'm shocked that so many companies are deluded about spending money to acquire customers that they don't end keeping. Uh, several reasons. Um, online marketing is not, is not unique, correct? However, we like to reinvent the wheel. Um, the cycles that online marketing goes through, if you go back, similar to regular traditional marketing, you know, we went through the same cycles. It's like, it's always like, it's like oh, like, you know, focus on copy, really? Like, you know, there has been books on copy, like, you know, for the past 50, 60 years, you know? Okay, so you, it's a different medium. And we need just to adapt marketing into it. But, you know, unfortunately, humans, we like to reinvent reinvent the wheel again and again. So we're going through the same thing. Traditional marketing understands like, okay, there's a place for acquisition. There is a place for retention. And correct, if you think about like, you know, like sophisticated marketing programs, they're very focused on retention. Unfortunately, it seems like we have to learn the very hard lesson lesson also in online marketing and go through the acquisition, which I think to some extent, by the way, is drying up. And now people are moving moving into conversion. And then next next thing is going to be retention. Okay, so how do you increase how do you increase conver- uh, retention? And, and the numbers supported, of course. Anybody, any CMO, when they look at the numbers and like you know, it costs like you know five times more to acquire a new customer versus retain an existing customer. Um, but Okay, let people go through that process. So that's that's one challenge. Uh, the other challenge is retention is harder. By the way, uh, it really is. Uh, you know, it's like it's not like you know. I would say, is it a faucet you turn on and off? Uh, that's what like you know most most of the customer acquisition is. You know, we put the budget, we bring people, goodbye and good luck, we're done. Uh, retention is about like you know drilling deeper into the customer's mind and understanding what motivates them, segmenting the customer at the very high level of segmentation and sophistication, um, having people sit in the room, bang their heads against like, you know, different theories and attempt different things and see, see what works. What does. That's a lot harder, by the way, than PPC. I mean, I've, I've, we've have, we have some people that do PPC and I, I love them, but <laughs> retention and human psychology is a whole other, it's frustrating as well. And then the third portion, which I think is sort of, interesting is lots of times because we're fascinated by like you know some of this literature and we think it's this news like one of the retention and and like you know frequency and recency and all those numbers um and we have to be careful about this lots of times we focus on, on 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 aspects of that type of marketing they're really not useful uh, they're fluff, you know. Um, and I'll give you an example. We have a client that just finished a, a huge, a huge you know, project, you know, for customer journey mapping. Um, and they, they spent like, you know, like, I don't know, 200, not 200, no, actually, sorry, 500, $550,000 on a customer journey map. So I go visit them and I look and, and I'm like, oh, wow, it's like it's all over there and they're like, you know, boardroom and they have it mapped out. And it's been about a month, month and a half since they finished it. And I'm like, so what are you guys doing with it? They're like, nothing. We're just looking at it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's painful, correct? You've spent all this money. And, and this is just the money that they spent after the consulting firm. Uh, how about the time that you invested from your resources? So what? Who cares about all these pretty diagrams? And that's, I think, like, you know, the next thing, the next battle when it comes to retention is figuring out what data points I can pull and what are the actionable insights I can take from it. I think figuring that out will be extremely powerful. Yeah, that's, that total, totally makes sense. Uh, Khalid, 
We are asking all the invitees here to give us their clues over growth in e-commerce in 2019 or 2020. So which would be your tips or ideas over how to bring e-commerce growth by using all that you know, right? So you're in the shoes of an e-commerce manager and now you 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 give, give him some insights. Yeah. So I, I think... There are, and I share this, like you know, as I speak, and I focused on it in the last uh, few months. There's three aspects to an e-commerce website um, when it comes to marketing, assuming that you have the traffic. Uh, if you don't have the traffic, go get the traffic, because otherwise, everything I say is is useless. <laughs> that yeah. CRO says, um, you need to make sure that your website is functional, correct? So the functionality is is there, um, and that's usability, making sure that when I click on a button, things are happening. When the network is slow, page loads correctly. Uh, when you're categorizing packages that there are like in you know, categories make sense to, to a customer. And, and I'm talking from pain points that I've had over the last two days. That's just I'm throwing all these examples. Just make sure that the site is usable. That's the, the very first step. And unfortunately, what I think is most websites folk stop there. They think, okay, well, the site is usable. Let's add some things. Next thing, and where you grow, and where you're going to beat competition, is you want to focus on the emotional side of your business. Why do I buy from you? Um, and then the social side of your business. How does buying from your site make me feel in front of groups, like you know, of, uh, from other people that I uh, that I'm associated with? Um, I give people the example. We just moved to Chicago, got a new house, um, and. You know, the, the, the famous saying that uh, people don't buy, like, you know, a uh, quarter-inch drill, they buy a quarter-inch hole. And I always say, I'm like, everybody agrees with that. They're like, yeah, we agree. I'm like, I don't agree with that. I've never bought a quarter-inch hole. I mean, I, I don't know about you guys. And I did go to, to Home Depot and I bought the drill, but I didn't buy the drill. I did not buy the hole. Guess what I bought? I bought, like, you know, the pictures hanging on my wall. And guess why I bought the pictures hanging on my wall? Two reasons. First one is emotional, personal for me. So my wife leaves me alone and stop asking <laughs> me about doing it. That's, that's really, is like, it's like, everybody's like, hey, honey, can you? I'm like, okay, here are the pictures. Actually, it's funny. Okay, I can like, you know, show people, like, I'll, I'll have all these pictures. So that's the emotional need. And then the other reason I bought that you know, drill and hole and, and is for picture. my uh, pictures when my friends come and they look at the pictures and they, they say, oh, this your, your house looks nice. So there's a social aspect. Figure out the emotional aspect, figure out the social aspect, use those in your marketing, use those in your messaging. That sets you apart because we live in an age where everybody copies everybody else. Um, think about it. E-commerce, consulting, software, correct? Everybody's a carbon copy from everybody else. So how do you stand out? Well, they can copy features, you know, they can copy offering, but competitors have a tough time copying experiences. So how do you create that unique experience? It starts by figuring out the emotional and social aspect. Now, when I say this, people are always looking for, oh, I need the tips. No, you don't need tips. You know, it's, again, it's that instant gratification, thinking that there will be a small tweaks that you do uh, and then things will, like, you know, will be absolutely amazing. I'm like, it doesn't work that way, unfortunately. It's just a lot harder. Marketing is hard. It takes a while. Um, it's lots of activities, the correct activities done you know, in conjunction with each other, each other that produce results and produce growth over time. 
Excellent. So I love that people don't buy the hole, don't buy the drill, don't buy the picture. They bought the. They, they are buying their uh, the appreciation of their friends and the serenity of uh, being uh, <laughs> left alone by the wife. Right. So there you go. So I uh, I really appreciate it. So Khalid, going further on uh, on our discussion and our conversation, what excites you? at this moment in the whole digital landscape? Tell us, uh, I don't know, anything that excites you at, uh, at this moment. Uh, I mean, uh, it's funny, I'm gonna go back to like, you know, something that's not necessarily very exciting, but I am just absolutely in, in love with um, the jobs to be done framework. Um, okay. um, love the jobs to be done. Um, a, a friend, Bob Mester out of Detroit, the Rewired Group, um, and mind you, I, I've done software and I've done marketing for a long time. But when I saw him in action, uh, it's rare for me to learn, by the way. And, and I, I'm not saying this because I'm arrogant. It's just because we repeat, like, you know, the same thing. Like, you know, marketers, we're, we're in the cycles. Like when I was in business school, like, yeah. you know, for a little bit, I felt I'm like, ugh, every business class is a repetition of the previous business class. Same theory, same thing. Um, but when I saw the jobs to be done framework, the framework is very simple, correct? It's competing against like yeah. this guy, Clayton Christians, Professor Christensen covers that. But when I saw what Bob Mester is doing and how it's actually implemented in real life, I was like, whoa, that's a game changer for us. And it has been a game changer for, for invest, implementing that for clients and figuring out, correct? Because the framework is available. It's out there. you know. And I always, by yeah. the way, say the same thing. And people tell me, Ooh, like, you know, uh, aren't you scared that our competitors, that your competitors will figure it out? I'm like, no, no. I'm like, it's out there. You know, it's just how you are able to implement it in a, in a CRO. So that, that excites me. Um, the, there are few, like, you know, software, like, you know, additions that I find to be, to be exciting. Um, you know, kind of like, you know, on a personal note, like, you know, for example, our team is going through now implementing a multi-arm bandit for one of our, a couple of our clients for the, for the holidays, just because the clients refuse to use an external software. So having to read some really complex, you know, papers on, on the topic and, and dealing with the, uh, with our PhD statistician, who I think she is so extremely nice to me because sometimes I ask dumb questions and I can tell <laughs> when I'm asking a dumb question because she has that look on her face. And I'm like, oh man, I recognize the look. Ignore the fact that she's thinking you're dumb, you know? And I always tell her, I'm like, you know, Magdalene, I'm like, you know, I'm like, oh, I was a computer scientist. And she just, she just shakes her head. I'm like, just try explaining, explaining to me. So things like that, that definitely, you know, excite me, kind of looking at the algorithms, looking at things that you can do, like, you know, that are practical, that people can use, especially that we're coming up on the holidays. It, it will be interesting to see. Excellent. Tell us uh, the best experience that you've got uh, from the moments you were actually a practitioner and you were uh, handling the experiments for, uh, for your first customers. Oh, man. So this goes back to 2000. And six, two thousand seven, one of the very first projects, and it was a big project, um, and it was in conjunction between uh, How Stuff Works and Microsoft. Nowadays, I can mention the names. Like you know, when you work with current clients, so they're always worried, like, "Oh, you mentioned our name. People can look at our site and what we're doing." I'm like, "Man, you know, even if people look at your site, like, you know, it's not going to help be helpful." But anyways, besides the point, I digress. So we do the test, and the Microsoft team just did not like the whole idea for A-B testing at that point in time. Um, and the page was just so horrible. I mean, looking back, 2006, you know, landing page. And it was, I think, PG, uh, PGI uh, Connect as well. It was just kind of several companies, and we were brought on. And I can tell that, like, you know, the only person who brought us on was from HowStuffWorks, and 
he wasn't even sure if we're going to work or not. He was just like, I was like, oh, I'm about to lose my job. Let's bring those guys on. And we run the test, new landing page, straight up sign up, you know, and uh, I wish we'd get the same results, but uh, we run it and they have a ton of conversions and we had about 238% and results. So we're like, oh, wow, you know, we didn't expect to get that such a result, by the way. Uh, mind you, we're like, oh, change the headline, change the picture, like, you know, do this, do that. A very, very rudimentary and basic testing. Uh, so, so we do that, and we rerun. We take the winner. We run it again, and he w- remained around the two hundred percent. And we send that. You know, we send the results to the whole team. And I still remember, like you know, the project manager from Microsoft who responded, looked at the data, and he's a guy who was just really hated <laughs> hated working with us. And his response was, he's like, okay, he's like, now I am a believer. You know, <laughs> I'm like, yes, we've done this. You know. That was just absolutely, uh, absolutely uh, awesome. So, so things like that, like you know, when when you are able to do just really well now, nowadays. By the way, uh, if, if we get like you know consistently, if we're able to deliver ten to fifteen percent uplift, we're very happy. You don't see that anymore because most sites are developed are well developed, and most customers are you know <laughs> educated enough, so they're not going to be you know. You need to be a lot. You need to, to be a lot more sophisticated about about your in your testing uh, testing program. Yeah. Uh, what's your take on uh, personalization? Do you do any kind of personalization? Do you think personalization it's a thing? It used to be a hype in 2017 or 18, I, I think. Uh, I haven't checked the Google Trends, but I, I have this uh, this feeling that personalization is not that hyped anymore. It's funny. So I just had, uh, so I, I also advise you, like, you know, VC funds, uh, when they invest in different companies, they come in and they say, okay, what's the market trend? And I just had a call uh, like you know, a week ago with, with a, like, you know, a VC fund that's looking to invest in personalization software. And... And then we're actually publishing an article on personalization that one of our team members just wrote a lengthy guide. Um, it was it was hot and everybody sort of jumped into it. Not so hot nowadays, but it's still out there. It's needed. Um, I'll quote, uh, and I don't think you will mind, a friend uh, from uh, David Koss, who's the VP of e-commerce at, uh, at Rainbow, large retailer, $1.2 billion. And we're talking about personalization. He said, you know what the challenge I have with personalization? I hope I'm not misquoting him. So uh, he, he listens sometimes to my interviews. So David, if I'm misquoting you, sorry. But what he said is like, you know, lots of the case studies are done from the vendor side, correct? It's the vendors who are doing the case studies and showing us, okay, what's here is of personalization. He said, I have not seen independent study done from the retailer side. Uh, not like, you know, pushed by a vendor to show actual personalization, how much it works and how much it doesn't. Um, so I think that's what's missing, actually, like, you know, in terms of personalization. Uh, it's needed. We don't do, unfortunately, enough enough of it uh, in our practice. I know that's an area that we want to focus on. Um, uh, I, I think, by the way, uh, the, the growth of personalization was just also a result of, like, you know, some of the A-B testing companies getting stuck and not knowing what to do next. <laughs> think optimizely like you know it's like okay so you do a b testing you do this you do that it's like oh what do we do next so we've done everything there is to do when it comes to a b testing oh yeah. okay let's add personalization just like how personalization companies they get stuck doing personalization oh what do we do next oh let's do split testing really guys yeah. like you know it's just like you know it's like how do you compete to add more features that's the challenge um but i think like you know you can definitely there's there's a lot to be thought of when it comes to that yeah uh Khalid. The moment of truth. What is the most frustrating aspect 
in this industry for you? Oh, oh man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think a, a, a couple of things I got frustrated with. Uh, something internal and I think something external, they relate to each other. Um, I think sometimes we do amazing work for clients, but um, our team does not know how to show the amazing work that, that we do. So it's like, mm -hmm. I always tell people, I'm like, you might have an absolute gem of work, but if the client doesn't know it, then, you know, it's really useless because no one knows about it except, except you. Um, and then the other most frustrating part is working with clients who do not understand conversion optimization. They don't have the right expectation uh, and, and who gets really frustrated very, very quickly uh, about working with conversion optimization. Uh, that's the reason actually when we, when we talk to companies, oh man, I always tell them like, you know, we're not going to work together until we sit together. And I tell see you face to face and they're like, why? I tell them like, man, I, I got to make sure that you, you're going to be like, you know, somebody who's going to appreciate our work. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, I remember I was telling a potential client, I'm like, I need to make sure that you're not an asshole. He's like, did you just say that? I'm like, yes, I said that. You know, um, uh, I want to make sure because I, I know the kind of work that we do. And I, it's not going to be always successful, correct? Like, you know, I always set expectations. I'm like, hey, if, if at any point in time you thought that we're going to be always successful, no, we'll, like you know, there will be tests that were, and there's going to be hard times. <laughs> there's going to be complications. Uh, and if you're looking for a company that tells you, oh, it's going to be rosy and it's going to be amazing, we're not that company. You know, now if you're looking for a company that's going to do absolutely, like, you know, just top-notch work, and it's going to tackle the problems, and we're going to work together 50-50. People don't like feeling that, uh, hearing that. I'm like, no, no, it's 50-50. You know, we're we're going to both come to the table, and we're going to figure out those challenges. Um, that's how we succeed. So th those are, those are kind of like you know, my, my my frustrations, uh, you know, uh, that, that I deal with day in day out. Yeah, uh, I'm with you on this. So we we share the same frustration. <laughs> so uh, what's your uh, advice that you would give to uh, to your 20 years old self? Oh man! <laughs> In order to be happy. So no. The, that's the that's the conversion, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, Pers personal advice, professional advice, you know. Happiness. Happiness. Oh man, um, you know, I would say like you know sometimes like you know focus because uh, definitely uh, as an entrepreneur sometimes I like focus you know, and, and I, I think I, I try to discipline myself about just like you know being extremely focused. But I think I've tried many many uh, many different things. Um, I think uh, really like you know establishing good connections. Um, you know, I, I'm like you know I'm one of those people that you know can easily talk to people. Uh, like you know, jump in. I wasn't like that. You know, maybe that's 20 year 20 years old, and I always worried. I'm like, oh, am I going to be able Software to talk architect. Uh, Exactly, exactly. <laughs> you know, but I didn't work on the connections. Um, you know, and, and within the industry, within like you know, like and I have. Uh, while I can be good friends, like and I can be friends with many people, I'm good friends with a smaller, small, much smaller, a much smaller group. Uh, so I'd have said, like, you know, maintain those connections because, like, you know, they're, they're good. And then finally, I think family. Um, sometimes, you know, especially when you're building your business, uh, oh man, you, you get really busy. Um, and I have four kids, um, you know, and and congrats, yeah, uh, yeah, thank you. It's funny because, like, you know, I think with my my second child. 
uh, I got so busy. I don't remember like, you know, him, like, you know, it's one year old, two year old. I think I was constantly traveling, constantly busy. And you look back now, like, you know, with the third and fourth child, I made, I made up for it where I'm like, oh man, I am going to see them every day. I'm going to drop them to school. I'm going to spend time. But uh, those precious moments, you know, when, when they go, like, you know, right now the, the kids are chasing us to spend time with us. You know, 10 years from now, we're going to be chasing them. You know, it's just going to be the other way around. They're busy with their lives. (laughs) That's karma. (laughs) Exactly. I was like, oh, no. I was like, you know, can you guys spend time with me? So, Yeah, that uh, that totally makes sense. What kind of uh, books have affected your uh, professional life uh, in a positive manner? So let's say I would would totally recommend uh, these books. Which are those? So... There, there are a few books that I really, really enjoy. Um, Turn the ship around was just really, absolutely uh, awesome. Excellent! Uh, I've, yeah. I've just uh, listened to it uh, this this summer. It was incredible. Yeah, uh, love love the book. Came from Jason Fried, actually, Basecamp. He recommended it, and I'm like, oh, okay. Um, so, Turn the ship around was really good. Um, uh, Competing against luck was just absolutely also uh, wonderful. I am, it's funny you mentioned, but I wouldn't recommend it. Like, you know, until now, I have not really decided whether I want to, I like it or not, but extreme ownership, eh, you know, I'm still working my way through it. I'm halfway through. And it's funny. People say you can't judge the book by its cover. I always tell them, but yes, you can judge it by the first few pages. Uh, you know, the problem, the problem with most business books is, I mean, this book is like, you know, almost 280 pages. They probably can write a summary in 30 pages and we're done. You know, but of course, you know, no publisher wants to publish a 30, uh, a 30 page book and charge like, you know, $20, $30 for. Um, I think uh, Rework from Basecamp is really, really good. Yeah. I think, um, uh, what, what's the name? What's the new book also from Basecamp? Uh, uh, Reshape, you know, um, that's just really in terms of software process. Uh, yeah. th- those are kind of like, you know, the books that I enjoy reading that I recommend to like, you know, my team to, to read regularly. Um, I think they've impacted our business and how we conduct the business, how we run projects uh, and the culture of the company. Last question about the culture of the company. How do you keep your people engaged, motivated? Oh, enjoying, enjoying yeah. life because you spend a third of your life there with them. So. Yes. Yes. So the, the, there are several things that, that, we do so and, and it's funny because we have two different styles of management um me like can come from myself coming from a software background and ayat my partner uh she has a different different style um they're good and bad in my style there's good and bad in, in her style but um overall we focus on growth quite a bit so we're making sure that our team members are, are constantly growing constantly educating we're constantly challenging them um the minute you see somebody who's you know, getting into the routine and things become routine, then, you know, it's like, okay, they plateau. So you want to always challenge people. Um, we've experimented and we continue to experiment with the re- working remotely. Uh, sometimes it succeeded, sometimes it doesn't succeed. It depends on the person, how uh, how they manage their, their schedule. So we've seen kind of different, different uh, kind of skills there. And then, Really, lots of times when we find challenges, lots of times when people come to me and you do conversion optimization long enough, you can come up with quick answers. And sometimes we have that habit of saying, oh, do this, do this, do this. Having to stop myself from giving advice and having a discussion with the team um, and sometimes letting them make mistakes, knowing that I'm like, oh, I'm like, okay, we'll see, you know. Uh, and, and then really pushing them to take ownership, uh, correct, of, of the work. Um, so it's funny, like, you know, yesterday, 
we're, we're doing a webinar uh, and we have a new person who was uh, who was kind of an office manager and slowly he moved into a kind of an internal marketing role um, absolutely doing amazing work and he's sending the email for the first time himself and i'm like just come up with the email subject lines on your own you know i'm like just he's like no i'm worried i have to get approval i'm like really i'm like man if you're gonna have to get approval from me on every everything it's just faster for me to do it uh, my, myself so he comes up with three subject lines which he copied from our old emails and i told him okay i'll come with two of them from the, our old emails how we do the templates i'm like the third one i'm like just come up with your own just i don't know just come up with something sends it out in an a b test and that third email that he came up with on like me forcing him just like two minutes before he sends the email is the one that's actually like you know had more open rates more click rates <laughs> i'm like yeah i don't want copies of Khalid and ayat running in the office we want people to bring their opinions have be able to discuss them uh, feel like you know also not be defensive when i always tell people like you know your opinions and my opinions i'm like you should be able to discuss them everything up for grabs you know we will discuss we'll hammer um, and then we let the data show at the end who, who was correct so i think that's how we, yeah. keep, we keep people motivated and, and happy as much as we can perfect so khalid where people can uh, can reach you and uh, how can they uh, how get, can they get in touch with you so they can come to our uh, website uh, invest uh, I-N-V, as in Victor, E-S-P, C-R-O, investpcro.com or invest.com. Both of them take you to the same site. Uh, definitely, like you know, I would recommend that people check out the blog. Um, we have about uh, about 3,000, 4,000 people coming to read the blog every day. So we're very, very proud of it. You can find me on LinkedIn, Khalid Saleh. Um, just search for me. Usually I appear uh, you know, kind of on top, on top of the results. So I, 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 it's funny. So I, I share on LinkedIn in English as much as i can and twitter recently i switched to arabic um different completely different language uh, but i seem to have a lot more interaction in arabic so i'm like oh it's a whole new experiment it's experiment <laughs> for me so and a new market right uh, new it's, a new, it's a new market um you know and it's, it's not the market that we focused on in all honesty but at least i've always felt when i'm on twitter and i tweeted it's almost like i opened the window in a high rise and i scream and no one can hear me, and then I close the window. Now, you know, yeah. you know, that's how social media felt to me. How that's how Twitter felt to me. Now, like in a different language, I'm like, oh, people are actually interacting. I'm actually having discussions. It reminds me of Twitter back in 2000 and like you know nine. Nice. Okay, it's being social. So, yeah. Thanks a lot, Khalid, for for uh, being part of uh, growth interviews and. Uh, you guys, we're going to hear each other in the next episode. Until then, tell us what you loved about this, uh, this podcast. I really loved uh, when, uh, when Khalid uh, was uh, disclosing his, uh, his way of, uh, of, let's say, positioning himself to the, to the customers about him not, being, uh, not working with, uh, with assholes. So I think this uh, did takes a lot of, uh, of balls. And yes, the CRO market is so hard that you need to, let's say, uh, be uh, very firm about, about it. So that was it. That's a wrap for us. And see you next time.